What is up, you guys? Welcome to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. It is Christmas Eve, or at least it is when this is going live. Um, so I wanted to wish you an early Merry Christmas, or if you don't celebrate, a happy holidays. And uh, really just in general, regardless of what you celebrate, what tradition, um, I just hope that you're loving your life, you know? And just enjoying your existence and uh, just living freely, enjoying each moment. Um, And more than gifts, you know, because all this material shit is momentary. It's, you know, you want it until you get it. And then it's not, you know, it's it's over like that. Um, More than any material objects, I, I just wish that you guys find success. You know, you find success in whatever you're trying to achieve in your life. That's that's really all I could wish. Um, I feel like that's a, a good holiday opener. At least a decent holiday opener, right? I didn't know what to... Uh, I didn't want to do any corny shit and make it too holiday themed. Because I know you're probably getting a lot of that from your other podcasts. So... Uh, you know, I wasn't about to Christmas carol for you guys. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. I just, uh, I don't know. I feel like just opening with some real shit. Um, letting you guys know I love and appreciate you. And uh, just hope that all is well on that side. Um, with that being said, you should check out the playlist. And I, I don't know, like I would... Uh, this playlist turned out to be one of my favorites. It, um, the best way I could describe it is just feel good music, um, at least to me. And, uh, I mean, it's got some Awaken My Love cuts on it. It's got, we've got some Frank, some Frank Ocean on there. Um, what, some, some new yay or like some, you know, Life of Pablo yay. And then also some older yay, some family business yay. And um, what else? Some chance, chance sprinkled throughout. A chance always brings, you know, good vibes, good feeling. Uh, just, just this overall like euphoric feeling from his music, I feel like. And then, um, oh, and some Lupe. Some uh, The Cool Lupe. I believe it's, what, 10 years? Just the other day. Um, which is fucking crazy. I mean, that's one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time. Or just one of my fucking favorite albums of all time, period. I love that album. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't know. Just a feel-good playlist. I fucking love it. Um, I wanted it to be very feel-good without being festive. Because I want you to you know, or, or even myself, like five, five months from now, be able to return to it, and it played just as well as it would have today, you know, so, yeah, just some feel-good shit for you guys, so if you guys get the chance, check it out, um, we've got a pretty fun show today, so we're going to start with, uh, Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho, released and uh if you guys are unaware that is the travis scott and quavo collaboration album i know i've been ragging on collaboration albums um in all honesty i haven't given this a full listen i've only heard a song here and there um but i wanted to comment on the cover i feel like it's easily one of the best covers if not the best cover this year um album mixtape whatever the fuck i I consider it an album um and i don't think it really matters in today's climate everything's everything's a mixtape everything's an album like it's like what the fuck it's just an album right the artwork is fucking phenomenal it was weird at first and it still is weird but i love that about it it's um just dope as fuck I mean, goddamn! I, I just wanted to comment on that alone. Once I saw it and Travis posted it on Twitter, 
I was fucking blown away. Um, even the back track list looks dope as fuck. It looks like um, something from that Tarantino would do, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, the cover is equally as phenomenal. So you guys should check that shit out. Um, but staying in music news, I just wanted to briefly run through that. The, the cover's fucking amazing. I think you guys get it. Um, or you guys let me know what cover of the year would be. You know, album cover. I was trying to think of what it would even be competing with, and nothing really came to mind. So, I know I'm drawing a blank on a lot of shit, a whole year's worth of shit, but, um, long story short, the album cover artwork is phenomenal. Uh, but, alright, so staying in music news, Cameron supposedly takes shots at Kanye on a new track. Um, so Cinematic Music Group, the record label and management company behind the likes of Joey Badass and T-Pain has released a new playlist. The list features tracks from T-Pain, Steve Aoki, and Cameron, who is also in a management deal with the company. One, La Havana, one of Cameron's two tracks, the rapper takes aim at Kanye West's album, The Life of Pablo. The lyric in question sees Cameron state, Shit, they can't forget about me religiously in the memory. Life of Pablo, every other song, the N-word mentioned me. Um, this isn't the first time that the two rappers have clashed, with Cameron also taking shots at Ye on Coleslaw from his recent project, The Program. Um, I don't think that's a shot. Do you guys think that is? Just saying that he mentions him on every other song? It's not, like, aggressive. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it is obviously commentary on Kanye's body of work. But it's not, like, he doesn't say that he's mad influenced or maybe that's what he's alluding to. Is it, you know, shit, they can't forget me religiously in their memory. So maybe that's kind of what he's alluding to is, like, the look at the life of Pablo. You know, but that's more so, I mean, obviously, I think Kanye meant it. You know, any time that he mentions Cam is to pay homage to, you know, what he's done in music and in fashion. And, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's a shot at all. You guys let me know. Does that line seem like it's a, it's a shot to you? I feel like it's, um, people digging for beef. Um, but still within music news, Beyonce, The Weeknd, and Eminem are slated to take the helm of Coachella 2018. So reports have surfaced that Beyonce, The Weeknd, and Eminem will be headlining Coachella 2018. The lavish multi-weekend festival taking place in California will have these these future legacy artists front the bill for the first time, a novel site that differs from the past festival iterations as there has always been the inclusion of a rock group as a headliner. Um, Coachella hopes to capitalize on the propulsion that these artists have had this year, where both Beyonce and The Weeknd have received widespread critical acclaim for their recent projects. <laughs> Notice that M is clearly left out of that. I mean, mind you, he just came out with this album, but, you know, M- M's uh, left out of that for a reason. Um, an official schedule has yet to be released, but head over to Coachella's website for more information regarding the event. Um, and this just brought to mind, you know, I, in specific, they mentioned the lavish multi-weekend festival. I don't feel like it started that way, did it? Like, I don't feel like you would describe Coachella by lavish, you know, albeit maybe now we're realizing it's an amazing, you know, lavish as in the experience is lavish just because you get to see so many acts. Um... But I don't know. It always was. It started as like a very grassroots event, right? With just a shit ton of bands and artists, but they were lesser known. That's why it was just this fucking festival. Um, I don't know. I just find it odd. I mean, we've seen it for the past couple, the past couple years now. You know, we've seen this event taking a turn to a more commercial audience, but uh. 
that's mainly what I was going to ask you guys. Do you guys see this as being bad for Coachella? Because I've heard that, that, oh, well, like, Coachella's dead because, you know, that's what it was. It started off as grassroots, and now it's not cool because, you know, it's taken over. Um, But I don't, I mean, it would be dope to go. I wonder what the tickets are going to look like. Tickets to Coachella in general, I think, are astronomical. So now with Beyonce, The Weeknd, and M, fuck, man. Um, But it would definitely be something to go to. That's a lot of greatness in one place, regardless of where it's at, you know. Um, So I don't know. Is it is it just the natural evolution and people are mad because it grew up? Kind of like with artists, when people you know, heavily fuck with their first project, and then anything after that, it's just because they got more exposure, and people don't like that, it's not necessarily that the quality of the music is worse, um, I don't know, I, uh, at first I thought, you know, fuck this, it's, it's Coachella selling out, and just becoming this huge AAA event, um, that it wasn't initially, but maybe, you know, even talking through it with you guys right now, I'm realizing maybe it is just the evolution of Coachella. It's hard to say. I mean, remaining positive, I'll, I, that's what stands out is so much greatness in one place. So um, if you were planning on going to Coachella in 2018, uh, you have quite the fucking show ahead of you. Um so that should be uh, quite the fucking event. Uh, now next, still in uh, music news, I just wanted to um, bring up to you guys, if you were unaware, there's a Black Thought freestyle on Flex. Um, and you can watch it on YouTube on the, Hi- the Hot 97 channel. Um... Now, mind you, I was somewhat familiar with Black Thought, but I had never really listened to his work, you know, obviously being predominantly known for the, would you call him the lead MC in The Roots? Yeah, I guess the lead MC. Um, but goddamn, man, am I aware of his talent now? Not that I ever doubted his talent before. I was just unaware. Um just from a performance standpoint not completely disregarding everything that this man says in the literally 10 minute and 55 second interview or freestyle um well it starts with a brief you know intro and then so yeah a solid 10 minutes of just rapping um just as far as a performance this man's breathing control is next fucking level to be able to do that just physically it's fucking insane. So if you guys get a chance, uh, I just wanted to make sure. And, you know, you guys are likely already aware, but you should check this shit out. It's, uh, yeah, just Black Thought Freestyle on Flex on uh, the Hot 97 YouTube channel. I mean, goddamn. Um, all right. Now, next. Staying in music news. So, mind you, I kind of... uh sought this story out it wasn't necessarily a headline um because i i watched it was on hot 97 as well but it was on uh the ebro show i believe and it was peter rosenberg in specific that brought up this artist um this new artist young artist that goes by the name zan frank okay and um he brought him up because he is the newest in the epidemic of this face tattoo culture within, you know, hip hop. And, uh, well, I I think it even branches out of hip hop, but it's very predominant in hip hop, at least right now, at the end amongst the young, you know, younger artists. Um, so Zan Frank, is the latest to uh, make headlines with his face tattoo. And uh, I'm going to give you a second to guess what his face tattoo is. You might already know. You might already know. Uh, Zan Frank. 
what face tattoo does this kid have? Taking up half of his or his entire right cheek? Yeah, his entire fucking right cheek. Go ahead and give it a guess. Alright. This kid has a tattoo of Anne Frank. A portrait tattoo of Anne Frank on the entire right cheek of his face. Um, so I'm going to read this article, this article to you briefly, and hopefully we can both gain a better understanding of this, uh, of this individual together. So a rapper who says he is dying for his music has paid tribute to his hero Anne Frank with a shocking facial tattoo. Arnold Gutierrez, who is, who goes by the names Anne Frank and Arnold is dead, uh, stunned rap fans with a huge inking of the Jewish writer who died in the Holocaust at age 15. Anne Frank's diary remains one of the most widely known books of all time, offering a chilling glimpse into her family's struggle against Nazi persecution. In it, Frank describes the harrowing years she spent hiding in, se- in a secret attic in the Dutch city of Amsterdam knowing that every day could be her last before her family was rounded up and murdered. Uh, L.A.-based Gutierrez, a member of the Xanarchy Rapper Collective, has now decided that a portrait tattoo of the Holocaust victim would be a fitting tribute to her bravery. Uh, The controversial inking depicts the smiling teenage girl shot the 21-year-old musician to viral fame, Noisy Reports. Uh, Gutierrez said, there are people in history that didn't have the power to control, to actually do anything, or to actually do things that they wanted to do with their lives. To be stuck in a house and end up dying, dude, I'm dying to make music. That's the way I look at it. It's very black and white. She ended up getting caught up, or she ended up getting caught and ended up being murdered. Shit, and yo, I've been, I've been put at gunpoint. And I've had a lot of serious shit in my life before. And like seeing that, you can't get any worse than being killed off in your own country. Um, Seeing the Jewish people come in in my own classroom and seeing them talk about the Holocaust like survivors. That's always stuck to me personally. Uh, The rapper became a viral sensation after photos of his inking emerged on Instagram posted by fellow Xanarchy member Zanxiety. (laughs) Oh, but not everyone is so sure that the tattoo is a fitting tribute to Frank. Taking to Twitter, one critic asked, how socially inept and disrespectful do you have to be to tattoo a portrait of Anne Frank on your face? Uh, Another another chipped in to say, I never thought I'd see an Anne Frank tattoo, let alone an Anne Frank face tattoo. Other Twitter users just seemed confused when the controversial ink went viral. Uh, One said, but why get an Anne Frank face tattoo? I understand it's it's their body and they can do whatever they want with want to it, but why? And another said, imagine being so desperate to seem different and unique that you have to do something as absurd as getting an Anne Frank face tattoo. So if you guys have not seen photos of this guy, um, I recommend that you check it out. Remember Zanxiety on Instagram. Uh, so X A N X I E T Y. Uh, but what are your guys' thoughts on this? You know, because reading his story or his explanation, rather, I get that. Well, first off, I get that it's your body and you should be able to tattoo whatever, wherever you want. Um, but it's just fucking. I, I just worry. Like, on a personal level, just, like, to this dude, like, you know, is it, it's obvious that, it's obvious to me, at least, and maybe I'm just making assumptions, I don't buy the whole, the whole, all the Holocaust survivors came in, and that just stuck with me, there's plenty of shit that touches, you know, that, that I hear about, or that I read about, and that shit touches me and affects me, but it's like, I don't go and pay tribute to it by getting it permanently inked on my body you know 
um, or at least it could be done in a more creative way, right? That's that's the other thing. That's what I feel like makes this even more blatant that it, because I personally feel like it's all for attention. Uh, I'm sure most probably feel that same way, but I wonder, I wonder what you guys think. Um, if you're buying his story that it's just like, oh yeah, I relate to Anne Frank so much that, you know, I needed her on my cheek. I needed her right there, bro. Um, I mean, I just feel like with it being not only a face tattoo, but a face tattoo that takes up your entire, what, one third of your face. And then also a portrait, such an obscure portrait, all due respect to Anne Frank, but that's pretty fucking obscure, right? A portrait of Anne Frank on the side of your fucking face. That, to me, screams, you know, momentary fame. And it's bizarre, because think about it. Whatever you're working on, you know, whatever your craft, whether it be music, whether it be art, design, you know, you, you design whatever the fuck you do. Just know that you are one face tattoo away from fame if if you can call it that this this thin thin veiled frame this thinly veiled fame you know in this new age um and and you can parlay that into a career you really could like if he put out one song that's just somewhat dope i mean it's going to get plays and then if he just continues like it's going to give him a huge bump um or like in the example of you know you yourself whatever you're working on, you likely have confidence in your art, right? Well, if you got a face tattoo, then that essentially makes you visible to the world and your art, in turn, visible to the world. Um, it's fascinating to think just, just on that level alone that we, are, we all are literally one, one ridiculous face tattoo away from, you know, momentary fame that could be parlayed into a career, a desired career, uh, but that also speaks, you know, in a, in the, like, in a converse manner, in that anyone can do that, you know, that doesn't take any skill, that is cheap entertainment, you know, and it's, it's, it's a moment in everyone's life, right, this dude, Zan Frank, I'm talking about him, you're hearing about him, and uh, you might have heard about him before, and we might hear more about him to come, but mind you, it's just a moment to us, to me and you, and to the world that's reading about this, uh, to, to this dude, what's his, Arnold Gutierrez, it's real, and you like, yo, that's your life now, you know? And I get that that kind of works in that, fuck yeah, it's my life, you know, I'm never going back to a normal life. Like, that's kind of the positive I've always viewed with face tattoos, like, if there is a positive, um, that just like, you, well, you better fucking have confidence in yourself, you know, you better, I mean, it might not be the smartest thing, but sure, bro, if you're that confident in yourself, I get it, get a face tattoo, and treat it like, that's your reminder at the very least, that you're not going to be able to go back to a corporate job. And mind you, I think that will change in the future. I think more and more tattoos will be uh, tolerated. Just they're going to fucking have to be. The The rate at people that people are getting tattooed is far higher, I feel like. Um, and now with this epidemic of face tattoos, fuck. I mean, it seems like sometimes there's a, a huge amount of people that just have random face tattoos. Um, but I don't know. Do you guys feel like this is a cheap, you know, a cheap reach at momentary fame? I mean, he better, you got it. You got it, Zan Frank. If you're out there, you've got it. You've got our attention. Now fucking make it count. Because what are you going to do? Get get another fucking portrait on the other cheek? Like, no, bro. I mean, who knows? I don't want <laughs> That might be this, this dude's next move. I don't want to blow his cover. But, um... I don't know. It's just fascinating, this whole face tattoo culture. Um, it's going to be odd, but the ones that stand out are going to be the ones with no ink, right? I don't know. Maybe that's like a fucking grandparent thought. <laughs> that sounded very, very uh, 
grandparent-ish. Um, but with that being said, now we're going to get into tech news. So, but, but you guys let me know your thoughts on Zan Frank. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to, to see what you guys have to say. I think you guys will likely agree. Um, but maybe the kid does, maybe that's his hero and that's all he's ever wanted. I don't know who am, who am I to say it's his, at the end of the day, you know, it is his body. You know, that's, that's pretty much what anyone would say, but it's true. It, it's his body. I, what the fuck am I, you know, I'm just sitting here talking to a microphone, you know? And, uh, yeah, so, but all right, getting into tech news. Apple has been sued over deliberate iPhone slowdown. So if you remember, just on the last episode, episode 18, I covered the story of Apple being, you know, a Reddit user discovering that Apple, you know, was throttling the speed of his phone. He got a new battery and then it was back to normal speed. And then Apple was, I I feel like, prompted to respond to it like they had to because they were exposed right um but apple's explanation was not that they it's that they purposely slow down the iphones but in their description or in their explanation rather it's to prolong the life of the what is it lithium ion battery i believe that are that is in these phones um, so they say that, you know, it just staggering the, the speed of it or whatever, or slowing down the speed of it rather, um, it allows the battery to be better preserved, you know, for the length of the life of the device. But, uh, I don't know. I didn't know if I was buying it then. I don't know if I'm buying it now, but Uh, The story here is two plaintiffs already allege that the throttling was done to make consumers purchase new new phone models. So let me read this to you. Uh, Yesterday, it was revealed that as people have long suspected, Apple does does deliberately slow down older models of the iPhone. And now two plaintiffs have hit the tech company with a class action lawsuit, citing that the company installed a feature that throttled old old phones without users permission, which that's pretty obvious, right? Like they say, it's a business practice. I don't know how that's defended in court, but yeah, no one was notified. Um, Mercury News reports that two USC law students, Stefan Bogdanovich and Dakota Spees uh, filed the suit in the Central District Court of California. In addition to the throttling allegations, they also added that it was a substantial factor in causing iPhone owners to replace iPhones, uh, buy new batteries, or loss of usage of their iPhone. Um, the loss, uh, the lawsuit comes after Apple acknowledged that it did deliberately slow down performance for older phones, including the iPhone 6, iPhone 6S, and iPhone SE models. However, Apple denied that it did so to throttle to throttle performance um instead stating that it would prolong the lifespan of the lithium ion batteries yeah so lithium ion but i don't know um it's fascinating the turnaround on this shit right them motherfuckers were in that court that same day <laughs> they were scrolling through hypebeast too and they're like what the fuck we have a suit on our hands um and who knows? I'm I'm extremely excited. Likely we won't see any repercussions on Apple just because they're Apple. And if I've learned anything about this judicial system, it's that money rules. You know, money can bend laws in a way that nothing else can. So I'm interested to see, though. Again, I don't think anything will happen. I don't think Apple will be uh, persecuted for it, but uh, it's fascinating, and it's good to, you know, at, at the very least, to keep Apple in check, you know. Um, I wonder if this will affect iPhone sales. Who knows? Uh, but it's fascinating to see. Uh, all right, so st- still in tech news, Bitcoin drops 40%, cryptocurrency market tumbles, has the crypto bubble burst. 
All right, so today the value of Bitcoin fell 40% below 11,000 US dollars, seeing its first dramatic plunge since hitting record highs between 15,000 and $19,000. Uh, not surprisingly, other major cryptocurrencies as well as blockchain stocks saw falling prices following the Bitcoin trend. The plummet reflects a decreased demand from South Korean and Japanese investors, two countries which have dominated the trading volume for crypto markets. Or for, yeah, for crypto markets. I believe it's a typo. It just says C-R-Y-T-O. Fucking hype beast, man. Uh, following the crash, Coinbase, the popular cryptocurrency trading platform, was temporarily disabled due to the high volume of buying and selling. Despite the drop, Bitcoin is still up 1,300% for the year. Uh, furthermore, today's low of $10,894 reflects a valuation closer to what we saw at the start of this month, possibly indicating a market correction. So if you got in and you got your money while the shit was hitting, I mean, it's a gamble. I was talking about this shit with my grandpa, like the entire stock market, including Bitcoin. It's just like, it's just rich people gambling, right? I mean, it's just like, yeah, you set money aside and it fluctuates, but it's not money that, you know, is enough to fuck with you, you know, so it's just all play money for you. And if you got in while the getting was good and while, uh, you know, while the shit was blowing up, it was bound to happen though, right? I mean, it kind of, I say that, that's easy to say, but it's, you know, kind of what goes up must come down, but it could be a new standard, I mean, obviously, I'm very uh, uninformed in this area. This is from a, ger- a, a very general knowledge on the subject. But um, it could be just, you know, with the dawn of the Internet age and with so much shit going on as far as, you know, technologically, maybe, yeah, maybe that's, I don't It's it's a new standard. And naturally, it's going to rise to, you know, that level. And albeit it'll plateau or at least stabilize somewhat, but I don't know, obviously that's what we're seeing, so it was this huge spike, um, what, throughout the past two months or so, um, so hopefully you got your money out, hopefully you got some money through it, um, I was of the mindset that once I had heard about it, it likely was, you know, the the best of it was, had passed, So that was my mentality going into the entire, you know, cryptocurrency market or just, you know, it was all over. I mean, Philly D was talking about it. It's everywhere on the news. Fucking Ty Lopez's ad is all over the goddamn place uh, talking about, oh, is it a bubble? Like, get the fuck out of here, Ty Lopez, you motherfucker. Um, But hopefully you got your money. Um, A lot of people's holidays were fucked up by that, though. I feel bad. That was like the first thing that came to mind. And and I'm not one who like applauds when some shit, you know, is fucked up for someone else. Like it's still fucked up, man. And uh, I get that it's a fickle market and that's the game that you're playing. But um, that shit is still fucked up and I wouldn't wish that on no one. So hopefully you got your money out. But now getting into sneaker news, uh, the new Yeezy Boost. 350 v2 so the 350s are not done yet at least if these rumors are true um the yeezy boost 350 v2 ice yellow is rumored to release next summer uh let's see and this is the one we've seen kanye wearing it's it's like a very faded highlighter color so just a a, like a essentially the cream with a lime tinge on on the entire shoe I think it looks dope colorway wise, like palette wise. Um, but that's kind of all I'm judging these shoes by now. I mean, the, the aesthetic itself, I feel like is so run through. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. So apparently the V2s are not done. So Easy Mafia has taken to Instagram to leak the arrival of what appears to be an all new Adidas original Easy Boost 350 V2. Um, the next iteration centers upon an ice yellow colorway that is completely swathed from the upper to the outsole of the popular silhouette. 
the shade of yellow is more pared down compared to the semi-frozen yellow tone. Not not to mention the zebra stripes and supply 350, which we've seen in previous models, is eliminated from this upcoming installment. Uh, check out the rumored ice yellow Easy Boost 350 V2. Um, yeah, so there are photos of it. If you guys want to, or you haven't seen it yet, you can go to Easy Mafia on Instagram, and they have pictures of it posted. Um, well, apparent pictures of it posted. Who knows? It could always be a Photoshop. They're usually on their shit, though. Whoever's Whoever they have links to. I think they're now working with Adidas. Like, Adidas has probably reached out to them, and they use them, <clears throat> excuse me, they use them as, like, a form of new age marketing, like, behind the scenes. I could see that shit happening. I mean, they're so well-informed on most of this shit, so they have to have some pretty deep ties somewhere. Um, someone over there knows some shit. But, uh... The colorway, yeah, it, that's why it reminds me so much of the cream, I guess, now that it, now that I read the article. You know, the cream, I don't think, had anything on it. It had the supply and the stripe, but it was very faint. Like, it was just the pattern that was there, and you had to have it in the cer- you know, in a, in a certain light to even get a glimpse at it, which I thought was an extremely dope detail. I mean, it could have been lazy. Like, it could have been, like, we're just going to all, you know, make this shoe in all white. But I don't know. I feel like the lazier option would have been to not include it on the upper. But I don't know how these woven, you know, these, what is it, woven machines? Definitely not how you would say it. These uh, weaving machines, if you will, that weave these uppers of these new shoes. Um, I don't know how they work, you know, so maybe it's just a set pattern. I don't know how easy it is to change, but uh, being optimistic, I viewed it as a detail, a intended detail, and uh, in that context, it was dope. So these are equally dope for that reason, at least, that they're all one color, and I really like the very faded green, or like yellow, if you will. Um, He's got to be the best ones in a minute. I've been thinking about getting the cream, the cream Yeezys. Um, because now that we had heard that they're over, and mind you, I know I've been talking shit on the V2s, but now that they're over, I kind of viewed it like, well, now I can go back and really have my pick of any colorway that I want. If, if, you know, if I want to buy one, whether, whether it be just to have, or, you know, really go back to get a colorway, maybe that came out earlier, that people are over, and kind of bring that back out for myself. I don't know, um, but I really fuck with this colorway-wise, I really do, I like this color, um, and it's interesting to know that we're still not done with V2s, um, but I've, I've been thinking about it, and I do like that Ye is fulfilling his promise of everyone is getting Yeezys, so in that context, again, trying to remain optimistic in that context, um, I appreciate the V2s, I guess, you know, and, and that they're still coming out, like, that's the positive here, at least to me, um, so yeah, the ice yellow colorway, fucking gorgeous, uh, palette wise, and, uh, I don't know, we'll have to see what, sometime next year, now, you guys let me know your thoughts, are, you know, are you over V2s, do you, do you have a favorite colorway, um, and does that affect you guys, <clears throat> Whether it be all the talks about, you know, Yeezys being done and seeing the Beluga, what is it, the Beluga 2.0s and the uh, Blue Tints going for, what, like 100 over retail, if that, I think like 50 to 75 over retail in most cases, um, does that affect your guys' opinion on them? Even if you don't have that colorway, like say you don't have the Beluga V2 or the Blue Tint, does it still fuck with say you have a dope colorway like the zebra or you know um i don't know fucking any of the colorways the beluga v1 or yeah the beluga no it's still the v2 but it's the 1.0 um so what if you have older colorways does that fuck with your wanting to wear them that's what i'm interested in because it seems that way i almost feel like these beluga 
the, like the effect on the Beluga V2s and are the Beluga V2 2.0s, fuck. Um, and then the blue tint, I feel like that's predominantly because, you know, uh, profiles like Yeezy Mafia are releasing these statistics that show you, you know, that they're the most produced, they're the most produced models. And I feel like for that reason, it, it might just even be perception wise. Who knows if there's truth to those charts? That would be fascinating psychologically if there weren't truth to those charts but yet you see everyone you know ditching those two models because of that chart going viral um that's interesting and maybe maybe adidas is playing with that shit who the fuck knows um this is new age marketing motherfuckers these are new rules are there really no rules you know um but i don't know it's fucking interesting to think and then also public perception you know just like not only is that widely available but now v2s are dead like that the silhouette's so old i do agree with that and i've i've echoed that sentiment time and time again that i do think the silhouette is old at least to me aesthetically um but i don't know what do you guys what do you guys think what are your thoughts on that that's fascinating what if those fucking numbers are false and then and it's just people's psychology that's fucking with them and they see that so they don't want the beluga v2 I believe it, man. I mean, that's the way this influential, like, that's how influential shit like that is. This this digital marketing age, they make your, your purchasing decisions for you, whether you realize it or not. And that shit's fucking crazy. Um, but all right, so staying in sneaker news, uh, Off-White recently dropped its own Chunky Sneaker. So Chunky Sneakers have undoubtedly been one of the trends of 2017. And the latest brand to give its own take on the movement is Virgil Abloh's Off-White. The Arrow footwear is a relatively understated offering from the label with a monochrome colorway as a, as a black upper sits on top of an oversized white midsole. Uh, the Kicks upper comes in premium leather, suede, and mesh. There's also tonal stripe detailing on its heel tab with a large contrasting arrow logo on one side being the standout feature. Uh, all of this sits atop a thick Vibram outsole or a thick Vibram sole unit for guaranteed comfort. Um, the Off-White Arrow sneaker is available now from retailers including 7 Liverpool, which I've never heard of, um, with retail set around 520 So I don't know. This uh, The sneaker looks dope, like it caught my attention, but... It, uh, I really like the oversized outsole. Um, I mean, it's not a new feature and it's something we've seen done before and done better, but, um, aesthetically, I don't mind the sneaker. It just got me to thinking like, you know, I initially was like, oh, what, you know, my thought process was like, oh, what the fuck is that? You know, that, that looks pretty dope. Then I went into the article, looked at it, um, and just thinking about it, like, you know, seeing Virgil's branding, his off-white branding, and it being that little just, you know, four-direction arrow. Um, and, and that's essentially it for any type of major branding on the sneaker. It just had me comparing Virgil's inline sneakers. Because, for example, one that I liked even more than this chunky sneaker was his basketball sneaker that he came that, that has come out, what, in the past six months. Um, there's an all-white version with an off-white outsole and then a black and white version with an off-white outsole and it has uh it's most notable most notably known for this uh orange like fabric panels that are stitched to the tongue and I believe it's like the bottom of the tongue or the toe box and uh I don't know it's just fascinating because I really fucked with that sneaker and I still do but now, even thinking about it, after looking at this chunky sneaker, it had me feeling like anything that is not the the 10 collection is less than. Like, you know, his his, his inline shit is, like, less than. I don't know. I mean, that, that's obviously just my warped perception, but it's, it's crazy to think. Because I really fucked with that basketball sneaker. And this, this chunky running sneaker isn't bad. Um, but I don't know, yeah, ever since the 10, 
especially that Air Jordan 1. Uh, and this is hype aside. Like, it's hard to say that and then be hyped about the sneaker. But the way that I explain it is just that, or the way that I feel about it is just, again, that it embodies this story of this moment in time where Nike allowed a, a next level of freedom while Virgil simultaneously offered a next level of, you know, design. And those two worlds collided on this project. And, uh, you know, the Jordan 1 is the most prominent in the pack. And for that reason alone, it's going to set the biggest, you know, shockwaves through the industry. Um, so it just means a lot more than just being a dope sneaker on feet. I love the aesthetic of it. I fucking love it. And I think it's insanely well executed. You know, to look that deconstructed takes a, you know, a level of precise execution that people don't give credit to. Um, but equally parts, you know, the why I want it is equally parts that it's, uh, you know, just iconic and this symbol of, of this, like it's a timestamp for this current shift in sneaker culture. And uh, I think it's just, uh, you know, there's only more to come. But that's like the pinnacle of that project. And so that's why I want it, even though it's the most expensive one and so on and so forth. And that kind of ties into, let me see, is that the last story today? Yes, that is the last story. So that ties into the end of the year segment. In which tonight's end of the year segment is top sneakers I'm personally looking to buy for resale in 2018. So whether it be sneakers that I missed out on or, you know, just sneakers that I fuck with after their initial release, I've more so been in that in that mentality as far as purchasing um, sneakers like so I or just clothing in general. Like I'll allow myself to sit back, not worrying if it'll sell out, because when I was worried if it'll sell out. I was buying up everything, like just the impulse alone, I felt like, you know, I had to, I was like forced into the purchase, just because I didn't want it to sell out, and then I would get it in hand, not even fully fuck with it, you know, but convince myself that I fucked with it enough to keep it, and then it would just sit there, and it was just this fucking vicious cycle, and so more recently, I've been uh, just letting everything pass by. And then thinking deeply about what, you know, what aesthetic I want to fuck with, what sneakers, you know, aesthetically I want to fuck with that I want to, you know, just experiment with, you know, uh, you know, outfitting and shit like that. And then so once I go back, yes, I have to buy it on the resale market for more than I could have initially gotten it for, but it's a more well thought out purchase. So if you guys are anything like me where I was impulse buying all that shit because I felt, you know, like the demand, I just felt forced to. Um, Mind you, it, it's not like I'm forced to. I mean, it obviously took a lack of discipline as well. But um, but that's how I describe the feeling. And uh, and so I would, you know, jump into all these purchases really like just with reckless abandonment, like, oh, well, you know, I've, after this, I won't buy any sneakers. And then some shit would come out the next week, you know. So I recommend that, you know, if you guys are having the same issue, just let the shit pass by. Not really worrying about if it sells out or not. And just know that when you go back, the resale market in this context flips. And it's like now, instead of working against you, it's your friend, you know, with this perspective. Um, but I don't know, maybe that's just old optimist Derek. I don't know. But uh, that's really the way that I view it. And it's been it's been working well for me. So um, these are the top sneakers. No, no specific order, no specific number. Um, but these are the top sneakers I'm looking to go back and buy in 2018, at least currently. Um, the first is likely the most predictable, the Off-White Air Jordan 1 uh, for, you know, that's that's why that topic tied in perfect. Uh I feel like it's a pinnacle of that project. Again, um, I feel like it's a stamp in time 
again uh and just a next level design and a next level collaboration in general for every you know everything that comes with that term collaboration um you know nike allowing virgil the freedom unlike we've ever seen before and virgil putting up design you know having this creativity for that to be a just this warped like that's essentially like a that's what's so beautiful about art and design that's that shoe the off-white air jordan one is essentially like if you showed this man virgil in this case the air, the air jordan one chicago and then he took it visualized it interpreted it in his mind and re-envisioned it and then his imagination put that out you know the air jordan the off-white air jordan one that takes skill that takes imagination that takes talent i mean it's fucking phenomenal uh, that's that's why i want that one um and then also i if i got the air jordan one i might just stop there but I really also fuck with the Off-White Air Max 90. I just love the palette of it. Um, you know, those Off-White hits, the way that they play with the white. Um, you know, all of the panels, like the, the exposed foam and the icy outsole, I think is gorgeous. I thought it was gorgeous even back when they first, uh, when we first saw that outsole on the, uh, what was it? Yeah, I think it was the ice pack. And there was that. There were a couple colorways. I think there was a blue one with a green midsole or some shit. And then a green one with like a volt midsole. And then the the standout being the red, the red colorway with the volt green outsole or midsole, I guess, that shined through the fucking icy sole. And that shit was gorgeous. And I love that outsole ever since. Mind you, I own that pair. And I can confirm it's the most uncomfortable shit you've ever worn. But that aside, aesthetically, it's gorgeous. So, you know, I really fuck with this one. And these are, I mean, I would really have to just limit myself to two. Because in all honesty, I also fuck with the blazer. I think the blazer's gorgeous. Just that, you know, that huge swoosh. It's just, obviously, I know it's like a mainstay on the on the actual design. But the way that it stands out on that colorway you know, with the off-white and the whites, I just, I fuck with the whole palette, and that's what I think makes me susceptible to wanting every fucking pair, um, but also the Air Force one isn't bad, I fuck with that one, and, uh, which one, the Vapor, no, not the Vapor Max, yeah, the Vapor Max I fuck with, um, but I know that one's so hyped, so it kind of pushes me away, and then same with the Presto, I really like the Presto, I've never liked Prestos before, um, but his interpretation of it, it, it is a, it's essentially a different shoe, you know, it's hard to really argue that, it's, it's like a, it has the pieces of a presto, but it's completely reinterpreted and reimagined, and uh, so I don't know, I, I like that one, but also, again, it's just so hyped up that it kind of repels me from it, um, but then my previous sneaker was the Air Jordan 1 Chicago, or the, yeah, the Air Jordan 1 of the collaboration, which is the most hyped up, um, but again, I explained that one, and I would wear that shit to death, I really would, uh, and maybe that's just the shit that I tell myself, I've been telling myself that shit for fucking five to seven years now, uh, <laughs> so I don't know if anything will change, but I legitimately do plan to wear it, and wear the fuck out of it, and just put it on, even around the fucking house, to, you know, because it's like, in, the vision itself inspires me, I don't know, maybe now I'm getting too hippie about the shit, but that's really the way I look at it, and, um, and yeah, so, I don't know, I think the Air Jordan 1 is bigger than the hype, even though it's the most hyped up one, uh, but yeah, so I guess if I had to narrow it down to two, the Air Jordan 1, and then the Air Max 90, um, and then also the acronym Presto Mid, I believe it was called, uh, I just fuck with, and mind you, if, if you guys remember, this is the Mid Presto, of course, uh, but it, in specific, the, uh, the Volt and, like, pinkish colorway, it had, uh, it had this 80s feel to it, colorway-wise, 
And that's part of why I want it so bad is because I really fuck with the juxtaposition with the design being, you know, and you know, it's just having this advanced tech construction and this forward thinking design and then it being in like an 80s-esque colorway. I really fuck with that. And now in retrospect, even more. So I'm looking to get that one. And then also the acronym Air Force One Low. I mean, I've been fucking with acronym design quite a bit lately. Uh, just, you know, just really liking it aesthetically. Um, now, mind you, I'm taught, like, I'm torn between wanting the all white one and then wanting the. Well, actually, no, I think I kind of made my decision. So it was between the all white one that came out this year. And I have my reasons for loving that one. But, you know, mainly the the silver zipper, just the way that it hits off of the white. And it's so simple, but it's such a unique design. Like, it's, it's such a, it's a deceptively simple colorway is how I would describe it. And I like that. But when I think of the first acronym pressed, or not the acronym pressed, though, the uh, first acronym Air Force One Low that came out initially, what, three or so years ago, maybe five, um, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere around there, but the one that had the, uh, essentially the same construction, but the black zipper along the tongue panel, and then the infrared on the, like, vac seal on the hill or whatever, I don't, I think it's vac, something vac, um, but yeah, it had that, that bright red, hit or bright pink hit uh whatever infrared is and it had that hit on the hill i think i fuck with that one more just based on i'm the the heel and the pop-up color actually did you know deters me from it uh, a little bit but not enough to not want it because i love the way that that black zipper is just such a blatant like it's different and i feel like an all-white air force one you know, I get that it's iconic, and I really like that, you know, acronym, you know, reinterpreted it, but um, I don't necessarily like that, you know, an Air Force One, all-white Air Force One is so, so commonplace, and I feel like that has just enough, you know, the older Air Force One to stand out in the way that I would like for the design to stand out, um, so I don't know. I think I'm leaning more towards that one. They're all relatively cheap. Uh, and I, I say relatively, you know, cautiously because it's like they're still fucking expensive. Um, but reasonably priced for the aftermarket, I would say. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys are and that's according to StockX, mind you. So if you guys are looking to, I think most of them in my size, 10 and a half are like around what, 220 to 250. I think that's pretty reasonable. I don't know what they retailed for. I think like what 175 or some shit. So that makes it pretty like fucking extremely reasonable. Um but yeah, so I think I'm fucking with that colorway more. I don't know. You guys will likely see photos of it. I'll likely talk about it on here if I do end up uh would you know, whichever one I end up getting. Um but next is the Tyler the Creator Golf LeFleur. I'm torn between the yellow, what is it, yellowish, orangish colorway with the white flower on the side and then the uh, green suede colorway with the blue flower on the side. I think I'm leaning more towards the green suede colorway. I just feel like it would look really dope beat up and I like the way that that vivid color in the suede pops Um, and that's more so out of support for Tyler. I don't really care too much for the one star. I do appreciate how he reinvented it and, you know, envisioned it as this golf LaFleur line, essentially a whole new line for them. Um, and essentially, you know, taking ownership of that sneaker. I, I feel like it really embodied the artist vision. And uh, and it's almost doesn't even it's not even recognizable as a as a one star, which I like. Um, and then the premium materials, the hit on the outsole. Uh, I, I really fuck with it. I just really fuck with Tyler as an artist in general. And so that's kind of also out of support. And then when I'm wearing it, I'm, you know, I, I'm trying to get into the habit of buying these sneakers and, and wearing them constantly as a reminder 
of that artist's achievement and how it inspires me so that I do more, essentially, you know, do more in whatever creation I'm involved in at the time. So, uh, so yeah, that's essentially what that one is leaning towards the green colorway. Um, if I end up whichever colorway I end up buying, I'll likely let you guys know as well. And then lastly, uh, the Yeezy Boost 350 cream. I just really like this colorway. I, I knew it was cream when it released. I, you know, I recently was looking it up again because I saw someone wearing it on a video. Um, if you guys watched that, what was it? Uh, that interview that I reposted on Twitter with John Geiger, fucking insanely insightful. One of the best interviews I've seen in a while. And I mean, John Geiger just really is like an open book and offers so much insight in that interview. Um, but yeah, so if you guys aspire to create anything or just, you know, admire the process and and want to know more about the process behind, you know, sneaker design and designing your own sneaker, he, he goes deep on this shit. And, uh, and it's like an hour long interview. It's fucking fascinating, man. Uh, dope ass interview. I forget the name of the show. Um, I th- no, it's sneakers, sneakers, Inc. Yeah. S N K R S I N C. Um, that's their handle on Twitter. That's the main channel. I don't think that's the name of the show. Um, but a fucking phenomenal interview. And in that interview, the host was wearing, or one of the hosts was wearing a cream Yeezy Boost, and it almost looked, you know, like very light tan versus a slightly off-white white. And I know that's like splitting hairs with color, but it, this made, it made me really want to see them in hand. So I'm thinking, you know, coming up, I think it is one of the cheaper ones on the scale of Yeezys that are, you know, the price that they resell for. Um, so I think, what is the best avenue to go about that? I wonder, you know, cause I was recently watching, uh, if you guys know, or you guys have a trusted buying process that you go through, let me know. Uh, obviously I'm thinking of using StockX or GOAT, likely StockX. Um, but tone of my voice on, uh, the, what is it? The camp out where they it's a youtube channel if you guys are unaware they they recap the uh sneaker releases they're largely responsible for inspiring me to do it and i mentioned that in when i initially rolled it out but i feel like it's worth mentioning again um but anyways they had a discussion on there brought up by one of the guys on the show named tone of my voice and uh he mentioned that StockX is scamming people you know, with these fake sneakers, and I wonder if that is, like, a legitimate thing, if you guys heard of that, or, like, should I be cautious of even going that route for that reason, um, and what route should I take to buy these sneakers then, uh, but with that said, I do want to get that cream colorway, possibly, I think mainly the cream colorway, because I like the thought of it being dirty, like, I thought, I like the thought of it being beat up, so I really fuck with that aesthetically, um, but I don't know that new ice, what is it? Ice yellow that I talked about today. That one looks very close to it just with a very light green tinge. So I don't know. Uh, but I'm likely looking at the cream to purchase. You guys let me know what avenue to go through though. If you've ever gone through, you know, the process of purchasing through, through StockX or whatever. Um, but with that being said, that is the end of my end of the year list for sneakers that I'm looking to go back and purchase in 2018. Uh, kind of a last minute list. Like, I don't know. I, I, I questioned that list, but I thought it was legitimate. I was, uh, it was some shit I wanted to talk about with you guys. And so I felt like it was worth doing. Um, but again, happy holidays to you guys, whatever you're, whatever you're celebrating, just celebrate fucking life, what the fuck, you don't need a reason, you know, you don't need a fucking holiday, a day, like, fuck a day, you got every day, every day's to celebrate, right, um, but yeah, just enjoy your life, love your life, man, love your family, love your friends, uh, cause I love you, and, uh, shit, fucking, <laughs> that shit sounded way too, uh, 
way too fucking childish, like fucking some Barney shit, right? Uh, but no, it's for real. I do love you guys. I fucking appreciate you. Every every listen, every listener. I uh, I really appreciate you guys. Um, and I love this platform, you know, experimenting with it. You guys giving me the chance to, you know, talk to you guys, have, have any any bit of your time like i appreciate that shit more than you fucking know so um just know that i love you guys uh enjoy your time enjoy your life um enjoy the holidays uh I'll be, you'll be hearing from me soon peace guys